Hi there, and welcome along to the JazzNet podcast, the totally free and independent Rangers show made by fans for fans, where all of our content is always absolutely free. And as well as the podcast here at JazzNet, if you head over to our website at www.jazznet.co.uk, you can see all the great content that we have there for free, including lots of friendly discussion forums, plenty of articles, social media, match previews and reviews, and a really good history archive as well. So like I say, if you've not checked that out before, please do head over to the website at jazznet.co.uk. The podcast, uh, we go out live Every Sunday at 9.30pm, we're here for a wee preview. Uh, it's just gone 9pm on Wednesday, the 16th of March. So if you're joining us live uh, on the JazzNet YouTube stream, then thank you very much for giving up your, your time this evening. Uh, it's, it's great to have you with us. Um, please do leave us your, your questions, your comments, your thoughts in the uh, in the chat box there. And we'll get to as many of those as we possibly can. I'm joined by um, my friend, my colleague, and the most learned man I know about all things European football, Alex Anderson. Alex, we didn't have a chance to preview last week's uh, first leg against Red Star. Unfortunately, I was uh, I was struck by the COVID after two years of, of avoiding it. So um, we didn't have a show. And I'm sure you have sort of two episodes worth of knowledge about Red Star that you've painstakingly researched. Um, you can probably actually pronounce it in the proper Serbian name, I'm, I'm willing to bet. Absolutely. Etoile Rouge in French. <laughs> Estrella Roja in Spanish. Um, I don't know if it's Carvena or Servena, Zvezda, Belgrade, and your Serbo Croat. Um, I don't know what the German is. I'm thinking kind of Derotentwinkel or something like that. I don't really know, but I don't know how they pronounce it. Uh, no, mate. And by the way, we need to stop. We need to get rid of this idea that I'm any kind of expert in Europe. I got my ass handed to me by uh, a 10 year old at a funeral on, on Monday. Um, his dad saying, That's, hey, Alec knows everything. But ask him at any stadium. He knows, you know, he knows, he knows any team in the world. The wee guy looks at me and goes, Cadiz. Like, <laughs> from, from Spain. Aye. Um, I'm like, can I, is, is Stadio Cadizio? Is that ah, just like, you total fraud. You know, he's looking right through me like, no, mate, you, you're just all mouth. You don't know a thing. And I don't, I don't. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll rustle something together about Red Star Belgrade. Don't worry I'm about sure that. I'm sure we will. I'm sure. So you're saying you've never been to the Estadio Nuevo Mirandia? You looked it up like, like how quickly did you just look that up? See, that's the thing. I can't work these buttons the way you can. You know what I mean? I kind of keep up with the kids, you know. The thing is, right, um, if a 10-year-old knows that, that 10-year-old, um, I'm sure he's a lovely chap, but he's he's not doing normal 10-year-old things, is he? Well, it wasn't my age. I mean, to be fair, I, I, I was just I was just memorizing all the winners of the European trophies at that age, you know. So, you know, but I missed I missed my chance to get a pal there, you know. So no respect for me whatsoever now. No respect at all. No, I suppose um, I, I suppose it's not too embarrassing to not know the stadium of Cadiz uh, opened in 1955 on the 3rd of September <laughs> with a capacity of 20,724. Um, we're not here to talk about Cadiz. We're here to talk about Red Star or Cravena Svezda. Um, I've been I've been practicing that for a few hours now, actually. I think that's as, that's as good as we're going to get. Um, smooth. It, it was, I think, last week to, to, to come away from that first leg... After after blitzing through Dortmund, um, you would kind of foresee us to then stumble at the same stage that we've stumbled at in the past two seasons against a club that really there's no reason to stumble against. Obviously, Red Star have a a, a monumental history in, in in the game of European football. Um, one of those kind of top elite clubs of um, of maybe a couple of decades ago, maybe not so much in the past couple of decades. Um, but we we come away with a 3-0 victory to take over to Belgrade. The players have, have obviously travelled over there this afternoon. And it was an absolutely um, marvellous result uh, for, for all of us as, as fans. Um, I, I guess the problem that we have here is that we're now going to Belgrade, to the Maracanã Stadium, 
with a 3-0 lead. Um, away goals don't count, so that obviously has, puts its own sort of spin on, on the tie. How would you set up here? Do you set up knowing we can score goals? We've scored three goals against them already. We scored six goals over the course of two games against Borussia Dortmund. Do we set up to go and, and score and build on that lead, or do we seek to protect what we have and uh, get away with uh, you know, keeping it as tight as we can at the back? Yeah, I think that's the $64,000 question, Ross. I, um, I think for us to protect our lead, we should try to increase it, if you know what I mean. I think that's just how, I think that's how we play. Um, the idea of us sitting back deliberately, you're going to be forced to sit back at some point, um, not too long um, in, in the game, but we're going to be forced to sit back at some point, so you're going to have to defend. Um, I think if it's maybe the alteration of we having Lundstrom starting off as a third centre half, um, and having we Glenn Kamara coming back uh, and being a sitting midfielder, you know, where we can explore opportunities or where we're trying to kind of ride out any early anticipated storm. I don't know. I, I have a funny feeling Geo might just kind of go for it. Um, you look at what happened last Thursday, and that is. I think that's a great thing. It kind of sums up the general nervousness and confusion amongst the Rangers support. People I'm talking to on Twitter, it's like, we've won 3 nothing, um, And yet, I mean, they had the ball in our net. I know it was offside, but they had the ball in our net after like three minutes, less than three minutes. Um, they've had the ball in the net again, and they've had a penalty, and yet we're 2 nothing up after a quarter of an hour. Um, second half, I, I, watching the game again, uh, the first leg for my books, watching it again, as we all probably did last Thursday, and watching it back in the telly, I was I was actually surprised by just how much we controlled the second half. Them rattling the bar, that shot from uh, Kanga, that, that that's you know, that's kind of confused. Yes, you had the ball in the net again, five minutes from the end. Um, so that's when we kind of confused us. But we actually controlled the game a lot more and probably should have had at least one more goal out of uh, Connor Goldson. And yet, still, I think I think it's the, the similarities between the teams. The similarities between the countries, the similarities between the leagues. I think it's almost it's almost kind of symbiotic. Even even the managers, um, you know, Gio's played the World Cup final. He's captained his country in the World Cup final, and uh, Dejan Stankovic. He's he's played for three different countries in the World Cup finals. He's got his own kind of special record there. Um, there's they both won the Champions League as players. Ryan Jack yesterday is getting announced as. Uh, back in the Scotland squad. The last game Ryan Jack played for Scotland was in a stadium tomorrow night in the old Maracana, the old uh, Red Star Stadium. Um, and the game went to penalties. Scotland putting Serbia out of... Uh, and that, that just felt like a kind of horrible omen because I think for a club of Rangers standing in financial terms in Europe, these in, in, in the modern uh, European football kind of landscape, we don't get to quarterfinals without getting put through the mill in each game, and I feel as if there's got there's almost there's almost got to be a time in every tie, a kind of sustained period in every tie where we're thinking this could this could be us going out. You know, it's almost it's almost like defies logic uh, that, that we should be getting through this early. I'm talking even going back to 2007, 2008, um, Touchwood and all that. Talking about reaching a European final, but we're last the last time we got to a quarter final. Um, never mind the fact we eventually got to the final. We did that by spreading out the kind of doubt throughout the whole. T- I mean, it was nil nils. One, we're getting through in away goals. We're getting through in penalties. The only time we pummeled anybody, I came close to pummeling anybody in the first leg uh, of that the, the the UEFA Cup run. You know, that followed us falling out the the Champions League. 
was when we beat Werder Bremen. Tim Visa's having a nightmare in goals of Werder Bremen at Ibrox. We beat them 2-0. And we took the pummeling of a lifetime in the second leg. You know, I've never seen anything like it. Required the best save I've ever seen uh, from Alan McGregor to, to keep us in that uh, tie. It's almost like you've got to you've got to earn it at some point. Against Borussia Dortmund, we won 4-2 over there. Similar situation, we got into a second leg with a massive advantage, but no one was kidding themselves because Dortmund are such a great team. We go a goal up at Ibrox against them, it looks all over, and then they bossed the rest of the first half. They scored two goals, made the whole halftime period thinking one more goal from them, and I don't know how we're going to come back. You know, And we come back magnificently. What we did in that second half at Ibrox compares to anything done in Europe in my life. Um, but I just feel as if we haven't, the clubs are so closely related to each other uh, in their performances this season and even through the ages, Red Star and Rangers. It just feels, I'm not saying we should be losing 3-0 tomorrow because, because we won 3-0 in the first leg, but I feel as if there's going to be a moment where we're under the cosh. You know, there's, maybe we go a couple of goals down. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to sound depressing, but I'm, I'm stealing myself for that because, make no mistake, for, for me, Ross, this is, this is the turning point of the season. I think this is, we're all talking about you know, the possibilities of going to Seville and what have you. Um, and I don't think that's getting too carried away. You know, it's, it's only natural. But for me to get into a stage of a tournament with the suffix final, you know, on the end of it, um, after where we've been uh, recently, it's, 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 it's beyond belief in terms of the, the yeah. pride we'll all feel and what it will do for the prestige of the club. Um, I don't think we even appreciate it just, just at this moment. You know, so I'm... I'm just hoping that me keeping my feet in the ground and being fully focused will transmit to the, the players doing the same and it's got nothing to do with it. No, no, no I don't think they're watching this in their hotel. They're not. They'll grade, are they? We'll them. Nah, absolutely. And look, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I think you've hit up on something really interesting there. It's, there is this tactical dilemma. How do we set up? Do we, you know, and, and the, the sort of consensus in the chat here is, seems to be get the early goal, settle the nerves. And one one goal probably kills this tie, realistically, because it's it's very, very difficult to see them. If we get one, they need to they need to score four to take it to extra time. Um I think, you know, if if, if we do get to that situation where Red Star get the first goal, maybe get a second goal. What Dortmund showed me was that in Europe, Geo has multiple game plans. I mean he's he's the He's the antithesis of Mark Warburton. He has a plan B. He has a plan C. And we saw that with how he changed the game against Dortmund. Um, and, it, you know, I, I remember that in the second leg where they go, they score their second goal and we drop to a back five. And I'm thinking, why the hell are we? We've already conceded twice. Why are we dropping even deeper? But, it, you know, I'm a, clearly a tactical idiot because it allowed the the, the freedom down the wings and it, it, it absolutely killed the game. Um, so I, I can take some comfort from that, that if, if Red Star do get the first, maybe even a second goal tomorrow, Gio will have a plan. Gio will have a different tactical setup and the players will be drilled in plan A, plan B, plan C in how to change and affect that game, whether it needs, we need to go and get that first goal and settle the game, kill the tie, whether we need to become fully defensive and protect what we have. I, I, I feel comfortable. I think you, we've, you know, we've seen different models of flexibility with, with the likes of John Lundstrom dropping into centre half with the likes of you can bring um, Bassey into centre back and put Barisic on the left, left-hand side. Um, James Sands is very versatile utility type player. 
Glenn Kamara can be, he's been utilised quite attacking in the last few games. He can obviously, we've, we've seen him the way that he can screen the defence and break up play as well. So it feels like we have options. And I think that from, from the games against Dortmund, that's what gives me a lot of confidence going into tomorrow. Um, I think I think it's worth trying to sort of predict how Red Star are going to attack this as well. Um, obviously, as, as you say, they had the ball in the net three times. They had a penalty as well. Um, they clearly are a team that has potent attacking threats. So how do you see them uh, approaching this game and, and where do you see those main threats? Um, I'm hopeful. The main threats, I think, is the, the two Ks, your Kanga and uh, Kata. You have to, for anybody out there, have to forgive me, I haven't actually checked in their kind of uh, suspensions, although I know the guy, was at Subnich, um, who was wearing number 55 for them. He was a kind of defensive midfielder on the right-hand side. Uh, he's quite easy to notice with a big 55 on his back. Um, he should have been. He was. I think he was going to get suspended for this game if he copped a yellow card, and he should have within five minutes. He threw a kind of double-footed tackle on uh, Big Balligan after he'd overrun the ball, and then he he was the guy that gives away the penalty um, by tapping Ryan Kent on the uh, on, on the shin. Um, so I think Katai and Kanga Kanga's the, the kind of number eight Gabonese international. He was wily as anything. Um, angry we angry we man, you know. Bit nasty when he wants to be, but he also pinged that one off the bar uh, in the second half from a ridiculous kind of length. It's a, a tremendous shot in the unknown for hitting them from distance. Um, they've scored a few this season and in, in, in Europe this season uh, f- from distance. The the two that Katai put in the net um, in the first half, one's coming from I think I think it was Kanga um, hitting the ball, just gonna more or less to the middle of our box, just going over the top of us. The other one was a, a, a more kind of, I think that was coming from the fullback. I think it was coming from the, the, uh, the left back kind of area. The other one was a bit closer uh, to home down our kind of left hand side. They worked a nice move up one inside left channel. Um, and I know obviously offside is off. There's been a lot of talk about this recently. We're very sensitive to uh, pundits or whatever saying, oh, they were just offside. Well, offside is offside. They're not goals. But when they're playing at home, the big difference is they're not going to make their runs that yard quicker. You know, I don't. I don't think Vestal Belgrade were in any way intimidated by the crowd at Ibrox last week. I think we were we were boosted by it. I think the Rangers players rose uh, to the crowd um, after they had got us going. Really, it was a good atmosphere. But then Rangers getting the penalty and and, and carrying on, even though Red Star were playing so well so early, uh, I think that really got the crowd going as well. You get the early goals and then you build on it. You know, it was it was a fantastic atmosphere in the end up. Um, but I don't think it, I don't think it bothered them. I, I'm not sure that the, the atmosphere can bother us tomorrow night. I don't want to be a racist myself by generalising about Eastern Europeans, but you could, you know, I, I don't know if there's going to be racism in the stands. Um, I know they're, they're, they're not reneging on their, their sponsorship with Gazprom, you know, so there's a bit of pro-Russian stuff going on. Um, there's a bit of kind of silliness in, in the Eastern Bloc, but there's a bit of silliness at Ibrox, but we're used to this kind of stuff uh, coming from the stands. So I'm, I, it's got the track around it. Um, the Maracana, you know, and I think that hopefully will stop it. And I don't know that was sort of been too intimidating. And I don't know. I'm quite heartened by the fact that Red Star have had a week to think they beat us three 0 You know, they were a week to think no matter what we did, they got in behind us and scored. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, we, they they gave it their best and we still won three nothing. Um, and in the middle of that week, they've gone top of their own league. Um, you know, there were two points behind Red Star. They must have been beating them on go- behind Partizan, their old rivals. Partizan drew at the weekend. Red Star won. And they've gone top of the table, getting in towards the, 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 the closing part of the season. 
I'm hoping maybe if we can, you know, as you say, get an early goal or at least kind of uh, frustrate them for the first 20 minutes or so, they might they might be a kind of token. They, they might kind of think to themselves, let's just concentrate on the domestic glory. You know, it's a bit of a misnomer. Um, they're talking about Red Star. They, they haven't uh, got past this stage of the, the Europa League, but they, they lost the, the UEFA Cup final uh, narrowly. In 1979, Bruce, I mentioned Gladbach. You know, it's the UEFA Cups, the forerunner of this of this tournament. It's the same. It's the same thing. Um, but it's it's real to say that they haven't been past a European. They haven't been to a European quarter final since. Well, I don't think they've been past the last 16. Aye, same thing since um, the, the the glory days of 1991. You know, the following season, I think they were in the they were in the, the 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 Champions League kind of um, the practice when they had the, the group stage without it officially being the Champions League yet. Yeah, it was still the European Cup. They practiced in the group stage. They got into that kind of quarterfinal group stage, um, didn't make the final, and that's it. You know, since so basically since since they actually lifted the European Cup, they've not been able to get to a quarterfinal really. Um, so it's a, it's it's massive for them, but I'm hoping they might feel it's a it's a it's a step too far. Um, and for every kind of doubt they may have put in their mind with their uh, their ability to get in behind us and shoot from distance last week, I think corners they're marking at corners, and we've yeah. we've be, we've, be, we've become kind of set pieces are us, haven't we? Oh, absolutely, games, absolutely. You know I mean? But but we have we have threats there. Um, and it it works, you know. We have whether it's the the, the simple ball into a Golden or a Hollander, or it's the near post ball to a Joe Aribo that cuts it back across. We have threats there, and that you, actually you've really quite nicely sort of echoed the sentiment in the chat here about their set pieces. Whether it's them defending ours or them sort of attacking their own, their delivery into the box I felt from from dead ball situations was generally poor, with possibly yeah. the exception of that that chance that they had straight after the. Um, uh, was it a the penalty was saved. The, the penalty that was saved. That's it. Yeah. Um, their set pieces, both offensively and defensively, were were poor, and that's I, that's some I of our that, strengths. I think the the marking at corner seems to be zonal, yeah. and they've basically got six guys in like, on top of the keeper, six outfield players in their six yard box. One of them is at the front post. Um, they've got another three just just outside the six yard box, you know, like between the six yard line and the penalty box. So the penalty spot, and they've got I think it's Kanga goes over towards the the corner taker. It's just absolutely. I mean, I know it's a total Alan Shearer type kind of truism, just stating the obvious that if it's a zonal marking, you get a run on them, you know. But that's not actually how Balogun scored. Balogun, it's it to do. Balogun actually had to check back with, with his header last last Thursday. But he's kind of there's, there's three central defenders on him, so to speak. But they're not on him because they're marking the area. They're not marking Balogun, um, and that, and he's he's been deadly in the air um, against Bronby and for Bronby in Europe this season. So you've, you've got a chance there for for goals, like even against Dundee. I mean, there's no there's no better set piece than the, the penalty. You know, when we're getting them left, right, and centre, as you know, because it's a, it's not just a Scottish conspiracy anymore. It's a world conspiracy. We'll, so we've always got a penalty. Um, but it's really heartened me um, to see he's actually working. I mean, last Thursday, we just, you just do, because they're, they're so deep in their own box at, at corners for Rangers, you saw with the second goal we scored, we just, just worked that short ball to get a better angle. And you can, you know, you've got Alfred just hanging about at the edge of the box. Doesn't, you don't even have to be outside the box to get space. It's just kind of penalty, penalty yeah. spot distance. Um, the only thing I would say to, to counter that is they slightly concern me how, how they, it's just as well the delivery is poor because they mob. Alan McGregor at corners the other way. Yeah. Um, they obviously have I've got the memo about him being bad at coming out for crosses. 
But um, you know, so you've got to, you've got to weigh that against the fact you've got a team who's got a reputation for shooting from distance, and there's no better shot stopper in the game than Alan McGregor, than the fact that they are basically putting about six guys in our six yard box if yep. they get a corner, um, in the heated atmosphere of the Maracana, that that could end up causing a bit of a, a bit of panic, a bit of confusion. But um, I don't even know. I don't really know if you've seen any figures about ticket sales. It's not going to be Dundee Dens in the Scottish Cup, mind you. Uh, Jesus Christ. Well, it's absolutely appalling. It's shameful. Oh. Shameful. I mean, a few years ago, I would have felt sorry for Dundee with that, because I'm, I'm kind of done feeling sorry for anybody else yeah. in Scottish football these days, especially them uh, in their email folder. But I mean, it was... It was it was pathetic. It, well, I know that obviously we're we're getting a wee bit sidetracked, and that this was obviously addressed on the on, on the main show on on Sunday night. But I have uh, my sort of personal opinion on this is it would be it would be lovely for them to give us three stands, right? Like Livingston do, uh, everyone makes as much money as they want. They don't have to do that, right? And I'm fully supportive of the fact that it's their right to give us. They have, they have a, a minimum amount that they can give. They can give us a minimum amount if they want to. They're, they're doing yeah. themselves out of money, but that's that's their choice. But the fans of clubs like Dundee cannot complain about a lack of resource to go and spend on players or spend on infrastructure if they're not willing to come out and back their team. I and I understand like that the, the circumstances around that club at the moment are, are appalling, right? It's mismanaged into the ground. The managerial appointment was a, a an embarrassment, frankly. It's it's tragic. Um, and I know that there was there was some talk of protests and not buying tickets and not buying merchandise on the back of that. So maybe that's had an effect, but Jeezo, it looked appalling. I can only hope that the TV camera was on top of a stand that was full of Dundee fans. I suspect it wasn't. The old Derry. No, I saw I saw a couple of times as um, there was angles coming. I think maybe half time when they're talking to Kevin Thompson and, and Neil McCann, you could see that no, that wasn't even, that wasn't any busier. The rest of the place it was be twelve hundred Dundee fans. It's, it's obviously awful. not on the season ticket, and they've overpriced. Uh, they've overpriced the ticket. The Scottish Cup. Um, but there was worries. There was worries uh, that that was going to be the case for us with the Red Star game, and you've got you know basically fifty thousand people there. Yeah. It wasn't an empty seat to be seen. But uh, this is us. We're playing two teams in the trot now for the next two games that we've just beaten three nothing. You know, and I don't. It's going to be a very different situation going back to Dundee uh, on Sunday, twelve o'clock kickoff. We've been to Serbia this time, and it'll all be the season ticket holders. Um, I'd imagine that will be. Uh, they'll be back they won't have to pay extra to get into this game so it'll be, it'll be a tastier crowd I don't want to get too ahead of myself criticising Dundee when we've got to play them again uh, so quickly but yeah that was that was embarrassing but I don't know Red Star tomorrow maybe the talk of the stadium being full you know and it's going to be a, a, I don't know if the Red Star fans are maybe kind of half and half they're not they feel they're out you know and they're not really going to get behind the team um, and the numbers that uh, the, the manager's threatening so uh, listen well, just to get to, to get to the point I think that down the, the was it Pacini, the Italian right back who played kind of three quarters of the game at Ibrox, he's gettable. He's so gettable. I think not just Ryan Kent, but uh, Calvin Bassey had him on toast. Um, the the big centre half number twenty five. I mean, Alfredo was wearing him like a pelt. You know, he just owned him uh, all night. I think there's just so much there's so much encouragement um, that I'm deliberately being a bit miserable and try to find negatives because. I'm 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 baseline quite confident about this game, yeah. but I think for me it's uh, it's it's like Mike um, uh, as played by Robert De Niro in the Deer Hunter, and we just he goes this is this this is this we have got to focus on this game, you know we can't be focused on the league the three games against Celtic people are already oh April's going to be packed because we'll have that quarter final of the Europa League and the semi finals then into May the Europa League no 
we're not there yet. You know, this is getting to the quarterfinals, I think, is 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 enough of an achievement in itself, a historic achievement. Um, but tomorrow night for me is as a kind of cup final in and of itself, just to do this. And I just hope the players I say are as are as focused as us. I think we over we overload on the right hand side by by getting, you know, Kamara pushed up again this new role he's got. Yeah. Um, you get Joe Arebo, he was rested in, in Sunday. You get him uh, a bit fresher back on the ball with, with Tav just doing that Tav thing that he does, that just amazing slaloming, just going forward, the blue kafu. He's amazing. Yeah. Um I I I, I get carried away with myself. I, I'm I'm seeing a kind of high scoring game. Um and hopefully Rangers are, you know, we're getting two or three goals. Look, I'm I'm sure that if we get one, one is enough. That they are not putting four or five goals past us. Um, I, I I just don't see it. Look, I think um, I, I think you're absolutely right. The the, the 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 options that we have in terms of Ryan Kent and and Calvin Bassett down the left hand side have been dynamic in Europe so far this season. I mean, the German press are still talking about Ryan Kent and his performances against Dortmund. Um, the uh, the manager of Red Star has identified Kent and Morelos as danger men, and whether that's because of the pace of of Kent running with the ball, and the, not just the pace, but the, the the trickery of Kent running with the ball, uh, or the hold up play of of Alfredo Morelos, which again in Europe has been superb. There's obviously a lot of reports that he's been pre-selected for the next Columbia squad. He wants to catch that manager's eye. This is the stage on which to do that. Joe Aribo, as you mentioned, not been on form the second half of the season, but if there was one player in this squad that you looked at and thought he needs a rest, it's Joe Aribo. He's looked tired more than anything else and he gets his rest at the weekend and comes back fresh for this game, ideally. Um, and Glenn Kamara, Glenn Kamara is, it's an interesting one because he is playing a new role under the, under the new manager, not really a new manager anymore, I suppose, but um, he seems to be playing it very, very adeptly, very um, naturally in a way. So um, that kind of puts the, the spotlight on, one or two other positions of um, of debate, let's say. Um, one player that came in against Dundee at the weekend was Aaron Ramsey. Now, almost every show that we do, we're talking about the Aaron Ramsey loan signing and whether it was a, a good idea or not. He's had two starts and he's not getting enough game time. He's, he's, he's frankly, clearly not fit enough. Um, but he's coming against Dundee. He's if he's not seen 90 minutes, he's definitely seen at least 80 minutes against Dundee. I think he, you know, he played a, a long, long time. Um, John Lundstrom dropped out against Dundee. Does does Aaron Ramsey deserve a start? Is he is he ready for a start? Is this the right place for Ramsey to, you know, he's he's played his two starts have been cup games against Annan and Dundee. It's a very different encounter against Red Star. Would you be would you be throwing him in or would you go with the tried and tested? John Lundstrom's been playing well under Geo, in my opinion. No, I, I would go. I would go exactly uh, with last last Thursday's uh, lineup. We might I'm, I, last Thursday starting eleven. Um, I might, as you see, you might be changing uh, exactly where Glenn Kamara's playing to let Lundstrom go into. You know, maybe we'll start with him um, as a third centre half, and that lets that, that's a beautiful thing about this system. You know, it lets uh, Glenn Kamara come back in and, and, and sit. I think Glenn Kamara get. Gio's determined that he knows he's a great player and he's going to get a tune out of him, but I think he get too much of a tune out of him when he first arrived. He, you know, I think the very first game against Sparta Prague. I mean, that's the thing, Gio, hasn't he? He's only lost one game, but he did lose it 3-0. <laughs> no, a kind of stadium that's, that's uh, known for a bit of an atmosphere as well. Um, but he's he's done amazingly in Europe. He's got a fantastic record in Europe. You know, we've not had a bad performance in Europe, never made a bad result under Gio. Um, 
But I think with Glenn Kamara, he came in and he did that thing with him. He beat him the single pivot, I think, against Sparta Prague. And he did this, the same again the following Sunday in his in his in his first league game uh, against Livingston. And you know, Glenn Kamara just rose to the occasion, was fantastic. But I think you could see it eventually taking a toll on him. He didn't have that Ryan Jack or, or Steve Davis sitting next to him that let him be the kind of cool, calm, collected, you know, always get plenty of time. Um, Glenn Kamara and you could see him physically like, literally stretching himself at times he was, he was in danger of getting a kind of hyperextension injury or something um, I think he basically I think Gio basically knackered Glenn Kamara um, and he's brought him back in and I just said this said is a kind of stupid thing to say when I was talking about him against Aberdeen um, that kind of grim win we had against Aberdeen recently I was saying oh, he was doing Glenn Kamara he was doing the Joe Adibo things Glenn Kamara was you know he set up the goal you know by beating two guys down the inside left channel and, and, and cutting it back for the, the Tav header um, that Ruth then puts away at the back post. And in the first half, our best chance was Aberdeen hitting their own post after Glenn Kamara had hit the byline and, and pulled it back, causing the kind of havoc. And I think Gio has look, looked at that and he's just said, right, I've got you there. Almost in the Glenn Kamara role, it's almost like he's sitting behind Alfredo um, when he started last Thursday. But it's, it's not as clear cut as that. You know, it's more about been a bit of a kind of wrecking ball uh, in a very kind of physical Red Star defence. Kind of def- they've got the the fella, oh, is it Sangolo? Sangola, I don't know if it's his name. He's very physical. The guy that was trying to pull James Tavernier up after that kind of stramash uh, uh, at the corner they had after the penalty. He was trying to pull Tav up off the deck after a, a bit of an injury and it caused it. I think he got a booking for that. But he's a big physical guy and I think Glenn Kamara was up there kind of causing causing havoc amongst that kind of physical back line and defensive mids that they had. So it was great, a real kind of spoiling tactic, but he's always there. He can come back and he can sit in a double pivot. You know, if we have to get a bit more defensive as well, he can sit alongside Ryan Jack. You know, it's like a role he's, he's, he's used to playing. So that's really good. I don't think Ramsey deserves to start. I don't think Ramsey has earned it. I don't think he's ready to either, probably. Then DR awful, you know, again, touching wood, saying that with, with, with Sunday in mind. But that's a different story altogether from whether we should have signed him or not. I still, I was, I was, I was really excited about it at the time. Came on the show, really excited when he signed him. And I think at baseline, the signing of Aaron Ramsey is a success and the attention that it brings to Rangers. You know, and all this, we're paying so much money for him and what have you. Well, yeah, the idea is we're paying for that. We're paying two point five million or whatever it is in his wages. I don't, I don't know what the figures are. But we're, we're trying to get 30 to 40 million from qualifying directly for next season's Champions League. And I'd always said, he could, same with Diallo, we're going to have to use these players if this season remains as busy as it is. Um, we're going to have to use all of them. Gio seems to know how to use his squad now. He's getting, we're getting a good squad. You know, Sands coming in as well, doing a job. You know, Alec Lowry's able to come on at the right time when he can exploit stuff. Um, and I think Ramsey just having signed a player of his stature brings so much attention, world attention to Rangers. There's another guy in Madrid just now, a Welsh international, a, a good mate of um, Aaron Ramsey's who's, who doesn't even make the bench. So, you know, you never know. Ross Wilson has a word. You know, you, you never know. We can attract other players apart from anything else through Aaron Ramsey. But he, he enjoyed himself so much on Sunday and I enjoyed watching him and he just fitted in there. James Tavernier, Ryan Jack, He's in there making the little one-twos with them. He knows where to go. He's just shown his absolute class. They know how to play with him. He knows how to play with them. He ends up, I think he's caused the penalty, basically, uh, that we get at Sunday to kind of seal the game. Um, and I think he should have scored a goal in the second half, but that was maybe where his lack of fitness was, was shown. But I think he can come, come onto a real game domestically. I think you'll probably see him starting on Sunday. Um, and you could end up seeing him and Diallo being the kind of guys that win the Scottish Cup for us even. 
you know, yeah. by, by the end of the season. Um, but no, I don't think he, he doesn't deserve a start tomorrow night, and I wouldn't want him to because I don't think he's ready. I think we're going to have to be out there to hit the ground running, you know, just mm-hmm. to keep up with whatever Red Star are doing in their initial trying to, to blow us away. Um, but we're getting more options, and I feel we're getting, we've got a real kind of there's a kind of grit about us now, a grit about our squad. We're kind of first 15, you know, yeah. so to speak, uh, Ross, that I'm, that I'm really enjoying. And, and uh, Sands is a big part of that as well, you know, yeah. he's. He's starting to look really good, you know. So I'm confident. I'm confident about that. But no, I just go with the same starting eleven as uh, as last Thursday. I'm on the same page as you. It's a starting eleven that caused them no end of problems. That, um, despite the three disallowed goals and a penalty save, uh, they didn't actually give anything up. You know, they no. didn't. They didn't give anything up. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 fully in agreement with yourself, and uh, it's 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 the team that I have faith in to go in and get it done. But as I said earlier, I have faith in that there's, there's options that it's, it's malleable. It can change. And, and Gio has, has plans. Um, Alec, before we wrap up, uh, we mentioned a moment ago, we're, we're getting to the stage where if we win this game, we're through to a stage of the competition that has the word final in it. Um, where we are two ties away from the final of, of a European competition. Um, it's you know it's considering where we were four or five years ago against Progress Niederkorn. It is it is remarkable and it's it's incredible. I don't think many of us expected this when we got drawn against Borussia Dortmund earlier in the season. I don't think many of this expected that many of us expected this when they saw our indifferent form in the group stages of this competition. But we seem to have yeah. hit form at the right time, I suppose, growing in a crescendo towards the end of the of the contest. At what point? I think we've all been very good and we've all been very restrained and diplomatic and gone, no, oh, no, it's one it's one tie at a time. We're now 3-0 up at, at half time in this one. And I think we can allow ourselves to think about the quarterfinals because you know they, they need to score three to, to take it to extra time. Um at what point do we start to allow ourselves to wonder and to have a bit of hope and a bit of expectation, a bit of belief. Are we are we getting to the the stage of thinking about hotels and flights to Spain? I think we get, I think I think we start thinking about that um, maybe five or six seconds after the referee blows his final whistle in the second leg of the semi final. Right, and and we have one, and we still wait for protests coming from the east of Glasgow. You know, yep. over how we got to that final, and make sure there's no kind of uh, retrospective ban uh, coming in. So probably. I wouldn't really believe it until we're coming down that um, the tunnel uh, in Seville uh, for the final in May that we're actually we're actually in it, mate. No, listen, I I feel this is this this is enough. Tomorrow we've got to focus on tomorrow night, not just because we have to be cautious, we have to be you know we have to make sure we're fully focused in this game, um, or else we. We don't get anywhere to, to not go through the quarterfinal now. The unfortunate thing for Rangers is it would be a humiliation. Now, I remember when we were playing, I said this before to Colin, I think, but I remember when we when we lost to Progress Niedercon, arguably the, the most humiliating result of my life as a Rangers supporter. Um, the following season, when we got Scoopy, you know, from Macedonia, I was like, all oh, right, I'm same part of the world. I'm like, oh, Macedonia, part of the former Yugoslavia, good, good, good kind of level. That's not as much of a slagging as getting beat by a team from Luxembourg. That's how negative I was feeling. It was like, I want to get something. And that went right up. That continued right up till I remember uh, being two 0 down to Braga at Ibrox in the last thirty two and thinking these are good. This is a this is a class team. That's two class goals they've scored. Um, they 
lost the Europa League final in 2011. You know, they've got a reputation. This is no disgrace. I'm quite happy for us to go out. Almost, I'm quite happy that we go out to a team of this quality. Just don't want us to get tanked. Beat them home and away. You know, unbelievable. And it's it's been such a journey, Ross. Like Colin said a thing last week, um, and we're immediate post-match pod. We bumped into David Fraser as well outside Ibrox after the first game. And I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about it. It's it's eighteen years since uh, Celtic were in a quarter final of a of a European competition. Um, Fourteen years for us, and and Colin said we've been down to the bottom division of Scottish football, and back the idea that we're going to be in another quarter final before and that that's up there with the whole uh, kind of meme that was going about in two thousand and sixteen about the Schmeichels, you know. About, <laughs> About uh, Schmeichel Senior and Schmeichel Junior having won league titles before Liverpool, you know, had had, had won one. It's kind of anti-Liverpool meme from my new fans. It's it's a to me, a, a, it's not just about um, being cautious and not getting ahead of ourselves because if we did lose tomorrow, if we did go out, it would need to be by way of a disaster. It would need to be a, ca- a catastrophe, and it would be embarrassing, and that would be unfair, you know, to to look at Rangers running Europe the last four years that way. Um, it's about making sure we enjoy this. It's about I want everyone to savour this. I know we're already thinking, you know, but you know, we get to get Barcelona in the quarters or whatever. No, this is absolutely magical. What we're going to potentially do tomorrow night, you know, this is a final in and of itself. Rangers in Europe, uh, especially the last couple of games, it's become a phenomenon, like a certainly a Britain-wide phenomenon. This whole bat cam, spider cam, bat think cam, whatever it is, they've got yeah. across the, the underside of the roof. Um. And the club deck, that just that's that's become a bit of a meme. That's been that's been going on about Twitter and what have you. But it's a beautiful thing. And oh, it's, it's magic, isn't it? You get you get YouTubers and what have you from all around the world. You know, I know it's a kind of common thing these days. Oh man, what an atmosphere! But they mean it. It is oh, blowing yeah. people away. Oh, yeah. And we're all worried. We're all worried about what's going to happen uh, if we don't win the league this season. That means we don't go straight into the Champions League. But we can still get into the Champions League if we finish second. We can still get through a qualifying round. And Rangers continue to operate at this level in Europe that we have for the last few seasons. That improves our ability to get through qualifying rounds of the Champions League. But also the money we are slowly making and the the, the gravitas that's given us throughout Europe, the publicity of these games is going to bring players in that we maybe wouldn't normally have got, you know, and it'll kind of compensate just in the, in the off chance that we don't win, we don't win the league. I think tomorrow night is the night that we win tomorrow night. Looking back at what Colin said last week, that really that really got to me. It was really emotional. Um, Celtic have only made the last sixteen of Europe three times, you know, since two thousand and four. That was I think Villarreal put them at the quarterfinals in two thousand and four, uh, UEFA Cup. We've done that. In the last three years, we've equaled that in the last three years, and it's through Europe that we've we've re-established ourselves. When Celtic went out to Copenhagen and we beat Braga two seasons ago, that was the first time any team in Scotland had gone further than Celtic in any major competition since we beat them in the Scottish Cup semi-finals in 2016, and that had a bad end to it, you know. And we've done it again last season. We've done it again this season, and it's uh, that it sounds parochial and it sounds like I'm I'm thinking about Celtic and that kind of as long as we beat them, that's it's not. They were setting the they were setting the standard. They were the target we had to get above. And this is how we've done it. And the, the memories we've had so far, you know, Porto, Feyenoord, Benfica last night, the guy who equalized an injury time last season against us to save a point for Benfica in Lisbon against us, last night put out Ajax to put them into the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Yeah. You know, Villarreal won last season's year the Europa League holders 
you know, they're playing Juventus tonight uh, for the chance to get into the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They couldn't we beat them in away goals, basically. Mm-hmm. And with 10 men at Ibrox, it's been it's been a fantastic journey. Um and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not I'm hardly even taking a breath here, Ross, because it means so much to me. I know I'm going on too much, but no, not at all. Not at all. I think what we've got to look at is that I feel I should maybe talk about this, you know, after if we if we do it tomorrow. I'm just I'm still going to say if just to be cautious. But looking through history of European football, and I do, I'm a bit anal when it comes to the European trophy winners. I'm better at remembering them than Cadizzi's grounds name. But it's when a Scottish team has has got to a European final, um, it's always come after a period of it's either the greatest period in their history, or it's come after a real lull. When Celtic won the European Cup in '67, it's it's put as like oh suddenly ten Scottish guys out of nowhere the first time in the European Cup they won it. They'd been in the semi-finals of the Cup Winners' Cup the season before, and in the semi-finals of the Cup Winners' Cup the season before that. Sorry, two seasons before that. And by the way, they were three nothing up in the first leg and get beat four 0 in the second leg. But it was that had segued with them having won one league title in almost thirty years. It was probably the most you know uninspiring period in Celtic's history. They were finishing eleventh and twelfth in the league and all that. It was Rangers and Hibs, Rangers and Hearts, Rangers and Dundee and Kilmarnock that were sharing the league dominance at that time. Celtic. Bang, arrive back, they get to a level and they go all the way and they win the European Cup. Dundee United, they were practically East Stirlingshire to you know Dundee's Falkirk for, for decades. You know, they, their first game in Europe, they beat Barcelona home and away. Amazing. But Jim McLean, you know, they were a couple of quarterfinals of the UEFA Cup, then the semi-finals of the European Cup in successive seasons under McLean. And then, you know, and then in 87, they go and they get to a European final. Aberdeen. You know, had won every, I think it won every major trophy once in Scotland. And then they get that period under Ferguson where they beat Ipswich Town, uh, who were the holders of the UEFA Cup the following season. And then the season later, they're winning the Cup Winners' Cup. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, where they're winning these league titles. Rangers have been down to that bottom tier. You know, even in, even when we won the European Cup Winners' Cup in 72, we'd been to the semi-finals of the, the Fairs' Cup in 69. You know, and that's a lot of the, the 72 Barcelona Bears were, were still there when we, we got to the, the quarterfinals of the European Cup in, in 78-79. I feel as if there's something magical happening at Ibrox. Uh, there's something magical happening, and it's powered by how low we went. And it's there's a kind of esprit de corps that we haven't seen since our Champions League run of 92-93, because the Champions League was a new thing. And it's it's I think what we've got now is a consistency as well as an awareness of what we have to do. And it's becoming a feeling of, um, you know, just we can go, we can do anything we want. I'm going to save it for till tomorrow night. If we do this tomorrow night, I don't just think we can get to the final. I think we can win the Europa League. You know, it's only, ten, only nine, nine times a Scottish team's got to a European final. Um, we were the first ones to do it, we're the last ones to do it. And if we did it again this season, we'd have done half of Scotland's European finals. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I think tomorrow night is a massive achievement in itself, and it would also mean we can go on and do something magical for the ages. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you know, you, you started that by saying, I won't believe it until five minutes after the full-time whistle in the semi-final. Now you're going, aye, but after tomorrow, I think we'll win it. And then just go straight into Champions League, and if we win that six times in a row, beat Real Madrid's <laughs> record, I'll be happy, Ross. That'll be happy. That will be happy. It's you know, it's a bit of a shame because you've you've rattled off so much knowledge of you know, so and so got to the the semi-finals of this in 1967, and then they went and did that in 1969. 
why did that wee fud have to ask you about the Cadiz hey, nah, Stadium? He's a, 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 a great wee guy. That's a friend of the family. A friend of the family. That, that I might have been thinking that at the time. He's got nothing to do with it. A lovely wee guy. The thing is, I bet you, I bet you can't remember the name of it still. The Stadio Nuevo Amar. Amar. Nah, no, no, not nah, even close. Nah. Not even close. Right, we'll test him on that next time. But I think it's um, it's about time for us to to wrap up. Um, a massive thank you to, to Alec as always for, for joining us this evening and uh, and giving us the benefit of his wisdom and a big thanks to everyone who's joined us on the YouTube stream live tonight lots of activity in the chat which is as always very very much appreciated so thank you for, for giving up your evening to be with us Rangers of course are taking on Red Star Belgrade or Cravenas Vizda tomorrow night in Belgrade uh, 5.45 it's the earlier kickoff. You can catch that on BT Sport or on Rangers TV. Uh, fingers crossed for a, a good result. And we'll be discussing on Sunday who we will be facing in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. I still can't quite believe that those words are coming out of my mouth. It's been a phenomenal journey this season in Europe. Let's uh, let's hope that we've got at least a couple more games in us. So please do join us on Sunday. That'll be 9.30pm on the Jersnet YouTube channel. If you can't join us live, then uh, the show is always available for download on a Monday morning. That's from Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher or Spotify. Essentially, wherever you get your podcast from, give us a wee like and a subscribe. You'll never miss a thing. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, please do join us again on Sunday. Goodbye for now.